Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, this is the Spirit Doctor, Kelly Sparta, and you are listening to Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. Joey C is still on vacation. Must be nice. <laughs> but with me again is... Charlemagne Tremont, and we are going to be talking today about the Wheel of the Year. We're actually going to be finishing the Wheel of the Year, the series that we've been working on for a year. Go figure. And so I'm excited to have this conversation because we are going to be covering Samhain or Samhain. And that is my holiday because it is my birthday. <laughs> and so my entire life has been about this particular holiday, which in the beginning was Halloween, but uh, has evolved into so and something celebrations as I've gotten older. So, uh, so Charlemagne, I'm super excited to talk about this. And so yeah, so it's, you know, let's talk about Halloween first, because that's what people are used to. And let's talk about Halloween as it relates, you know, as uh, Halloween is the, it, it's like May Day is to Beltane as Halloween is to Samhain, right? right? It's been, you know, there's there's a way in which it has the the religiosity, if you will, has been taken out of it for public consumption of the masses for, for many reasons and in many ways. So we know we think about Halloween as ghosts and pumpkins and black cats and witches and um, spirits of the dead walking. And, you know, and if depending on where you come from, if you are of particularly Mexican uh, heritage, you will also know Dia de los Muertos, which is when you visit your beloved ancestral dead and go have a picnic in the graveyard and, 
still it's a very it's and it's right around the same time. Dia de los Muertos is often on the it stretches from usually October 31st through November 2nd. There's a series of days in which various celebrations are going on. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Beltane. It's the oppositional quarter. So if Beltane is all about birth and sensuality and sexuality and the generative forces, Samhain, which is the third and final of the harvest holidays, is about the meat harvest, so animal sacrifice, all types of sacrifice, as well as communing with our beloved dead as all souls. Not to say that we're recommending that you go out and kill anything. We're not. No, no. But this is this is what it was historically as in the in the process. But it is about it's also the time when when the veil is thinnest between the worlds, which is where you get the ghosts and and all of that from. And and why we're talking to our ancestors at this time is because the veil is the thinnest and they we can hear them. They can hear us. It's amazing. We can get messages. It's wonderful. It's also an excellent time for for that reason, for divination, all types of divination, scrying work, using mirrors, using bowls, using, you know, just your own inner meditative power. Also, you know, using systems to row, using runes, using seashells. If you use, I mean, there's any number of divination systems and right, because the veil is so thin, we can call on our ancestors as well as our guides and guardians, spirit helpers. And they are very, very clearly able to be heard and connected with during this time. It's that numinous time, you know, between when we, once we hit Samhain, between, between Samhain and Yule, when the sun returns, is reborn, we have all this time in the underworld to really journey deep within ourselves, deep within the spirit realm, also to get lots of messages. It's a wonderful time to be doing our dream work. It's a phenomenal time for meditation. Well, and this is one of the things that, that we've talked about in the past is that the time between Samhain and Yule in the Celtic calendar is time out of time, right? We're, we're in the underworld. We're, we're not in the regular world. And so time moves at a different pace. It moves at a different way of being. It's, it's more subject to the shifts of the energies and, and the, and, and the, the spelunking that we do in our souls during this time, you know, this is this is relating to bear, right? You know, bear hibernates in the winter, right? And so we go within ourselves and we go spelunking in the void of our inner beingness to to pull out those things that are standing in the way of our happiness, of our fulfillment, of our our purpose, right? And you know, Kathy and I always always joke because. Uh, I was born on Samhain and Kathy was born on Yule. And so between us, we bookend this time out of time, this, this transformational time, which is why we have such, such, um, synergy when we do the, the workings that we do together is because of this, this sort of birthing chart thing. Um, and, uh, you know, this is just, it's a, it, it is literally my favorite holiday and which is ironic because it's, it's all about celebrating death as part of the cycle of life. Right. And it's a time of letting go. It's a time of looking back over the previous year and saying, okay, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, what we do at new year's where we set, set intentions. It's sort of the opposite of that. We're looking, instead of looking forward and setting intentions, we're looking back and saying, okay, how, 
did this year go? What happened? What, what am I still working on? What am I complete with? And if I'm complete with it, it's time for me to release it into the Samhain fire and to, to, to honor it. And anyone who has passed over in the previous year, this is the time for you to be with them in, in the, the time and to honor their memory, right? Uh, as well as ancestors in general, but specifically people who have passed in the last year to, to be with their memories and to, to memorialize them, right? Um, yeah, there's, there's so much to be done at this holiday that it's, it's such a rich and deep, uh, tradition for, for ritual. Yeah. I would say that, you know, as, as a, as a way of kind of thinking about this too, it's one of these it's a, it's a, one of the four cross quarters between the solstices and the equinoxes. And it's sort of a universal astronomical marker between the earth space and time and the cosmic space and time and a really greater uh, cohesion between recognizing what it means to be in an earthly experience as in, in relationship to spirit. And to remember where we come from, you know, the, that expression, we all come from the stars and we, to the stars, we all return. In America in particular, we have this kind of amnesia about that because we don't talk about dying or death unless we are really pushed to do so. And that um, I feel like we lose a lot in our disconnection from the cycle of life, death, rebirth, or regeneration and how it can really help us when we understand, because one of the things I really ask people to do at this time and certainly ask myself to do is to contemplate our mortality. You know, and if you look at the Dia de los Muertos festivals, everyone is a skeletal figure. You make, in fact, I had one made for me, a calaca is what this is called, these skeleton figures. A dear friend made one for me and my, as myself, reading cards and sitting at a table and doing all this stuff. And that, that recognition that we will all return to this and that it helps us also to become less afraid, to become more familiar and to not necessarily become more resigned because it's not about resignation. It's about a kind of acceptance and even a willingness to look at and embrace the fact that we are all mortal beings with immortal souls, if you will. In many systems of magic, it's spoken of that way. Your mileage and your belief may vary, but let's go with that for the moment since we're also talking about ancestor worship or at least ancestor acknowledgement and celebration and really seeing how the through line between honoring the ancestors and thinking about you know, there's a great example of doing it. There's a, a ritual called the dumb supper in which you create a festive meal for your beloved dead and you make their favorite foods and you set a very festive table and you set a place for them and put out a plate for them. And in many traditions, people let that plate sit through the dinner. And then late at night after the washing up, you bring that food out to the woods or somewhere else that you make offerings for the dead to take and partake of is a great tradition and seen in many customs similar in all over the and world. And a dumb supper, just so that we can define that, a dumb supper means a supper at which you do not speak. You are dumb. It is a supper in which you are there to be present with each other, to be present with your food, to be present with your ancestors, not to be lost in your screens or in conversation or in what am I supposed to say next or, you know, 
you know, what is the other person saying? I have to pay attention. No, it's, it's not about that. It's about being present and being with, and it's a, it's, it's almost like a practicing it being dead unto itself because ghosts don't get to, to speak once they're on the other side, right? They, they have to just be with the people who are living. And, you know, it's, it's another way of acknowledging that, uh, that, that life ends, right? And to, to be with the ghosts who normally don't get to speak and to, to be with them in a place where they normally are. I regularly look at my mortality. It's something I look at all the time. I think about, okay, what would happen to my husband uh, if I died right now? I look at what would happen to my work if I died right now. I look at what would happen to my business, right? I'm not afraid of dying because I've talked to people on the other side. I know. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm good, right? So I have no fear of dying. Um, what I'm doing is I'm building a foundation for my life to live on when I'm gone, Right. And so this is how I look at it. But a lot of us fear dying or we fear, uh, you know, what if we get forgotten or we fear, you know, what if I didn't matter, right? And the only way to address those things is to look them in the face and to say, okay, well, if you want to make sure you mattered, well, then make sure you mattered, right? If you want to make sure that you're not forgotten, well, then make sure you're not forgotten and figure out a way to do that rather than just sitting there and going, what if, what if, and being sad and feeling victimized by it. You know, there there are ways to fix it. The time of year that we're in, and and this episode is coming out about a week before Samhain. And Samhain, by the way, runs somewhere between October 31st and November 3rd, depending on the year. And sometimes even as late as November 7th. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. Oh, fifth, seventh. Yeah. It, it runs, it, it varies pretty dramatically. Right. Um, so you'd have to look it up in your current year as to know which, which day it is, but you've got about a week to, to figure it out um, for, for your own ritual. And I do this on purpose. I put these out early so that you have time to, to do them. And, um, you know, for those of you living in Australia or, or New Zealand or, you know, on the other other side of the the hemisphere, if you're um, in Chile or, you know, on the the southern hemisphere, please keep in mind that Samhain for us is not Samhain for you, right? So, um, you know, you're on Beltane when we're on Samhain. So, you know, go listen to the Beltane episode instead. Uh, but the this time of year brings us to our awareness of our own mortality and that and the time for us to come to terms with it and to acknowledge that it's it's real. I mean nobody gets out of this life right. alive. You know <laughs> they don't a, a thing that I like to to frame that with is that we cannot possibly envision our continuance or um the afterworld if unless we can really deeply embrace what it means to be here fully. So again, as magical practitioners, learning to be in the moment, learning how to be exceedingly present and to then really be in love with life and really value life to offer gratitude in whatever ways are meaningful to us. 
Um, you know, there's a way that we can't understand what it means to be remembered unless we understand what it is to be forgotten, which again, as you had said earlier, is for many people, their greatest fear, right? How do we know what we're going to become unless we understand where we've been? How do we know what to reach for? This is also super important, the contemplation of duality that is fundamental to our existence that many people would like to say, well, there is no duality, there's only non-duality. And I would actually argue that duality is the key to understanding this, that it's actually not to be avoided because without it, we couldn't have these comparisons, could we? We couldn't say light and dark. We couldn't say life and death. We have to understand that um, the way that we work with our ourselves and the, those around us and the world around us on a soul level necessitates a spirituality that acknowledges all of this. And not just for us as human beings, but for all beings, for all life, for all energy. Um, that the interconnectedness of, of if, you know, to the interconnectedness of, of the web of life um, really shows us this. And that the eightfold year and the cycles of the sun and the cycles of the moon growing in light and then decreasing and going dark. And it's the same with the human life. We start with vitality and all of this youthful promise. And then we, you know, sadly, whether we like to think about it or not, we age, we decline, we die. Right. I, I actually um, wrote an article like last week uh, that's up on Medium. So you can go and find it if you're interested or if you're on the mailing list, you just got an email from me with it. <laughs> and um, it, it's called Healing Yourself. And the one of the and, and it goes through the steps of what it takes to heal yourself. And one of those steps is you've got to look at whatever the thing was from a duality perspective and say, yes, I was injured. I was hurt. I was victimized, whatever it was, and I didn't deserve it. And if you skip that step, then you end up in a place where you're doing a spiritual bypass that then tells your inner child, if you didn't get mad about it, it tells your inner child that you you did deserve it because you never got mad about it. And you're trying to skip over the, you know, I felt felt victimized and, and the duality piece. You're like, oh no, I'm I'm above that. It's like, no, you you're here on the planet in a duality world in order to experience the world in duality. Can you understand it from an from a, a non-duality perspective? Absolutely. But your experience is in duality. And so therefore you have to, if you're in a duality experience, you have to process it from a duality perspective before you can shift into a non-dual nature. Yeah, as I was saying, by, by that proxy, so is your healing, right? You cannot heal until you acknowledge these things. There'll be something laying, and I mean, to use the, the terminology, there'll be something in the underworld, right? The underworld of the self, the underworld of the soul, the, the place of shadow, and that's henceforth shadow work. And it's another wonderful thing to be doing during these dark months. Again, with all the caveats to proper guidance and support. And to having done the first two steps before it, which are finding emotional safety and solidifying your sense of self. Because until you've done those two things, shadow work is a very slippery slope, dangerous thing to try because there's as much likelihood that you are going to re-traumatize yourself as that you are going to heal. And so it's a crapshoot if you haven't done the work of the first two steps of finding emotional safety and solidifying your sense of self. And so, you know, um, you know, 
buyer beware on the shadow work piece. You know, everybody tries to skip into it and then they're just like, ah, right. You know, it's, it's, yeah. So, um, if you're, if you're drawn to shadow work and you haven't done the other two pieces, the inner peace one-on-one program is finding emotional safety. That's what it takes you through. The second program in the sacred power and purpose mystery school is mastering spiritual evolution, which does solidify your identity, your sense of self and your energetic container. So, um, you know, we can walk you through those processes so that you can get to the point where you can do shadow work in an, in an effective and safe manner, uh, as safe as you can get with shadow work, which is, you know, there's no guarantees on it, but it's the safest you can get with shadow work. So, um, but yeah, the, this is a perfect time to be doing that work, uh, especially right now, although, uh, this is coming out just the day before, or no, this will be just after Mercury has come out of retrograde that you're going to be getting this. But, um, during the times of Mercury being in retrograde, which happens several times a year, um, this is, it's particularly good time to do shadow work when you're doing, um, when Mercury's in retrograde, because that's what Mercury's about, Right. And Mercury is about going within and clearing out the the ick and the whatnot, because, you know, you're not going to communicate effectively with anybody. So why bother trying? Right. <laughs> and, well, and, 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 and to the point of major uh, astrological things that have just happened, you know, the Pluto retrograde. And let's remember, Pluto is the god of the underworld. And so for many of us, we were getting a flavor, a sense of what our underworld and shadow work has been or will be or really needs to get addressed during this past, I mean, Pluto literally just went direct, but during the months in which it was retrograde and many people were really struggling, that's going to be the hint. So think about that, ladies and gentlemen, what were the things that were really showing up as unpleasant, uncomfortable, frightening? This is often the key. Pluto is showing you what's in the underworld for you. What is in the shadow waiting for your love and attention? Because really, again, let's think about this. The love and the attention is the opposite of the fear and the pushing away or the disconnect or even the exiling, whether it's self-exiling or exiling of other otherness. And that when we step into the place where we're willing to do the work, do the dance, be in recognition of all of the places that perhaps are frightening and are uncomfortable, that is where the true alchemy happens, where we can acknowledge and then stabilize, befriend and heal these various places within ourselves, within our families, within our culture, right? And yeah. Samhain. And Pema uh, Chodron. Yeah. Yeah. Pema, Pema Chodron wrote a wonderful book uh, for, for doing work at this, you know, in this sort of space called The Places That Scare You. And uh, so if you're looking for a resource, that is a absolutely fabulous resource for um, doing this type of work. So on your own. Yeah. And, and right now we're at this threshold point. I like to think of different doorways. I talked at um, the equinox about the gate of the equinox opening. And now we're past that gate into the beginning of the realm of the darkness where the the tilt the of, of the amount rather of sunlight is definitely on the wane. And so now that we stand at the threshold of the darkness, once we step through that at the Samhain portal, right? And this is also can be a point of resting, like really that letting go. And we think about as, a, as someone who's been a yoga teacher and, and does a lot of meditation and has done a lot of helping people to die and pass over, that the, the thing that we often forget is that death is a form of rest 
And that in yoga, we have at the very end of yoga, we have Shavasana, which is sometimes translated roughly as corpse pose. It is the place of laying down and receiving the benefits of the practice. If we think about preparing for death as receiving all of the wisdom before we pass out of this life. And there are different systems that really believe that that is necessary to take the wisdom that we've gained in this life forward into the next. Then we can see this as a very, very useful time of collecting and coalescing in our soul all of the knowledge. And if you want to think about it for the year as a yearly ritual where we literally make a practice of, as you were suggesting earlier, and I completely agree, of reviewing the year, seeing what we've done, seeing what we want to release so that we do not bring it into the new year. And for some, Samhain is the new year. It's sometimes thought of as the witch's new year because it's that point at which afterwards we have this real quiet before the big rebirth. And that's a crucial thing. And I'm, I, I'm glad you brought it up because it is, it is definitely one of the things that I, uh, I, I find that Western culture struggles with is this idea of stillness and integration time. You know, so many of the events that you go to are sort of like drive, 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 breakthrough, drive, 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 drive. And there's no still point in, you know, one of the things that I made a point of when I was uh, putting together Mastering Spiritual Evolution and the program that comes after Mastering Inner Healing because they are long programs, because they are, you know, specifically a year long or a year and a half long, um, there is built in integration time. There's a, okay, you're going to take a week off, do no spiritual work whatsoever. You're going to take some downtime to allow yourself to just be and let everything you've learned just sort of filter into your subconscious and order itself. That's what integration time is for. We, we go through a transformational process and we need time for uh, our, us to find equilibrium at our new space of being. And that's uh, equilibrium in our identity, but it's also equilibrium, equilibrium in our energy fields. You know, I'm working with some people right now and as a function of the work that we're doing, their energy fields are opening and they're channeling so much more energy. And they're just like, ah, I've got so much energy flowing through me and I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, okay, stop trying to open more and just be with what you've got. In fact, dial it back a little bit and be with that and just let your body get used to it, right? Because when you break things open, and sometimes that's how it happens, sometimes you you do it through incremental steps, and that's the kinder, gentler way for your body to do it. But sometimes we go barreling forward and burst through a, a, a block, and suddenly all this energy comes, you know, flying into us, or we we crack open our kundalini, and kundalini rises, and now we're like buzzing, and we can't sleep, and ah, right. And you know, the the key is to just just be still to just be with the energy. Don't try to do anything with it because you are not in a position to wield it until your body actually knows how to be with it. So don't try to do anything with it. Just be with it and let it run and let your body reacclimatize. because until it does, you're at its mercy and you want to be the one running it rather than it running you. And if you keep trying to do, 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 you're going to end up blowing yourself up. 
And for those of you who've been here since the beginning of the podcast, you know, blowing yourself up bad. And if you weren't here at the beginning of the podcast, go back to the beginning and find out why blowing yourself up is bad. Although, you know, it seems self-explanatory, but... <laughs> I think there's a couple... Um, yeah, go ahead. So I'm gonna, yeah. Let me know. Yeah, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. So I feel like... And also, you know, it's interesting because it's sort of dealing with the duality piece of it, like right now to say, and recognize that in this process, there is, whether we're conscious of it or not, there can be a fundamental dismantling of our perceptions of ourself and the world. And part of why this resting is important is it allows us to recognize also what loss means and grief means. And not just grief and loss in terms of death, but grief and loss in terms of what we've hoped for that maybe didn't manifest this year. What we've had to let go of and to truly understand what it meant to us so that we can thoroughly let it go, completely let it go. Yeah, I also feel like it's really important to say this. Um, really make this a personal practice, not a practice where you're trying to move energy for the planet or for the for the. Uh, the country, you know, I don't want you sitting there going, oh, we've lost so many people to COVID or, you know, whatever. I don't, don't do that. You know, this is about you and about your life and about your experience. And so if you lost someone to COVID or to anything, then, then it's an appropriate thing to be sitting with. But to, to try and do it on a larger scale, you, you could sit with the loss of life as you've known it. Because that's very personal. And it's, you know, for all of us who've been through the pandemic and, you know, I mean, life looks very different where we are right now. We're not even out the other side. So, you know, uh, that is appropriate. But don't go into the, oh, the morning for everyone and all that other stuff. That's that's a codependency that we have a tendency to do. And it's not your job. Everybody has their own place in this work and your place is to do your work and to let other people do theirs and to not take on stuff for other people. Okay. So I, I really want to encourage you to keep this very personal as you do this work. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. And that's part of what I was aiming at is like, there's this, whether we acknowledge it or not personally, there is this fundamental groundbreaking realignment that's possible for us once we do the true acknowledgement, which is hard because a lot of people struggle to fully acknowledge what things mean and to recognize loss or disappointment because also our world has become so um, social media ready and it has to look a certain way. And we struggle to embrace when things are messy and things are disappointing and they don't go the way we want them to go and not to think of ourselves as somehow a failure. And it's not that. Is it just, this is the pattern, this is what's showing up. And again, to, you know, you and I have discussed this before, how many things to get out of victim mode happen for our good, not to us, for us. If we can see that and understand why. You know, there's a huge piece in here as well about, you know, compassion exhaustion, right? Where we've we've had so many things go so wrong for so many people and, you know, we're, we're just, we're running out of compassion because we're just toast, right? And so I want you to, to also keep in mind that, that you're doing the best you can there too. And, you know, 
give yourself a, a break if you are finding yourself to be less compassionate than you really would like to think of yourself as. Um, you know, there's there's fatigue. You know, compassion fatigue is real. Compassion exhaustion is real, right? It's it's just like I got nothing left. I I, I actually made a t-shirt for my husband because I'm said my art projects are t-shirts and I made a t-shirt for him recently that said, Behold, my field of fucks is barren. <laughs> you know, it's just it's like I have no fucks left to give, right? And and it's you know, we're kind of at that place and it's okay. This is the time to sort of let yourself off the hook and be like, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. And it doesn't mean I, I'm not a loving and compassionate person. It doesn't mean I'm not a caring person. It means that I'm at my limit and I need to go and take care of myself for a while. And so, you know, this time in between Samhain and Yule is the perfect time to go within, the perfect time to really take care of yourself and to to focus on what you need so that you can come back out of your hermitage, your your hibernation as a loving and compassionate person that you've always wanted to be, that you've always seen yourself as, and that you've always been. You were just tired. Yeah. Uh, and to kind of piggyback on that is, you know, again, as people who are looking at the natural cycles and thinking about how we are mirrors of it and when we're really in alignment with it. So the earth is this moving into this resting place, right? And collecting itself and its energy. It's happening in ways that are very often invisible to us. And this is, again, we're availing ourselves to deep rest, availing ourselves to being less active, can benefit us in terms of a recuperation of our energies, a recuperation of our creativity, a pulling back from the things that are not really necessary. No, really. Many things we think of are necessary, but they are they really? Are they? Are they really? I don't think so. And as women, I think as beings in cyclical bodies that outwardly give us signs of being in rest mode um, and having a letting go and a releasing in terms of our bloods, our monthly, our monthly, monthly courses, to put it, you know, more genteely. There's a way in which the holding, once we reach the point where we're no longer actively bleeding women, where that going within place now is the permanent state, there's still a rhythm, but it's a different rhythm and it's a more of an inner rhythm. And so when they talk about women coming into their wisdom years, this is part of what that is. This is part of remembering the truth of our bodies really holding and reflecting the same wisdom that the earth herself holds and reflects back to us, that there's always going to be the energy available to us later in the spring to push outwards. Though at this time, this going inward can be so rich and rewarding for ourselves. So that like, as you were saying earlier, right, when we reemerge from our bear cave, we come back out far more energized, far more alive and far more ready to meet that outer world, having given ourselves the space and the rest and the communion with our ancestors and the communion with spirit and our deep sense of self to really be more centered and alive to what is. Yeah. So we're, we've got to wrap up because we we've run out of time. And as you and I are always want to do, we could just like talk forever. Um, uh, let me see if I can wrap it up for us in this particular scenario. Um, I think what I'm going to say is be in the stillness of your own internal wisdom. Allow yourself to breathe, be, release, 
and renew. Amen to that. And that's all we have for this week. Tune in next time when I share another episode on how to tap into energy, magic, and the spirit world. I am Kelly Sparta. I am here with Charlemagne Tremont, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Share with a condition Each mile I travel Over 13,000 miles Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under a Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to www.creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up for or get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to www.kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions with post-production by Christopher Wright. Into my home and my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing? But you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.